Hey, mother. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to another edition of Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast. I'm Ralph Quattrucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Debbie Murphy. I'm John Quattrucci. And I'm Drew Gould. Okay, everybody. Wojo, unfortunately, couldn't make it. She's not feeling all right, all right, all right. So she'll be with us next week. Ralph, where's uh, Brad? I thought Brad would be here. Yeah, I guess Brad and uh, Wojo show up together. So hmm. maybe next time. Drew has brought the movie to the table today. Drew, what movie have you brought? Yes, uh, today um, I brought the movie Mud from the year 2012, starring Matthew McConaughey. And it is... Um, a coming-of-age story with a lot of uh, interesting Ooh, wrinkles on that theme and it has a, a wonderful cast and, to me, is just a, a really great American movie. And came out, you said 2012? 2012. Here, let me show a um, trailer, <laughs> preview, trailer. Who cares what we call it anymore? doesn't even matter because I cut it out anyway and I do what I want. The last flood did it. There it is. This boat's ours. Someone's here. What? Someone's living in our boat. You know that guy? I've never seen him before. What'd you say, boys? I'm waiting on my girlfriend. I just can't spend the rest of my life running away with him. She don't care about nobody but herself. Ain't stuck off in that island because of her. Son, have you seen this man? This river brings a lot of trash down. You got to know what's worth keeping and what's worth letting go. You never said your name. Mud. You can call me Mud. I won't try getting this boat in the water. It's my best shot. I made a list of things we're going to need. You boys need to watch yourself. What Mud's into is something you don't want to be involved in. Keep lying! You hear me, Trash? Y'all been good to me. You're the only friends I got out here. You did it for her? To protect her? Don't expect any help from me. We got too much riding on this thing. You know you don't know him, right? What have you been doing? Everything you told me was a lie! All right. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Take it away, Drew. All right. So uh, I picked this movie because uh, I'm actually a really big fan of Jeff Nichols. He's the writer director of this movie. He's only done five movies. Um, this is his third one. And I really couldn't decide if I wanted to do the one he did before this uh, called take shelter with Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain or the one after this uh, called midnight special with Michael Shannon and Joel Edgerton. Michael Shannon is, is in all of his movies so far, uh, except maybe his last one, um, which was Loving, about the Loving uh, interracial marriage case. Oh, I'm I, think that, I didn't um, see it, but I, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a very powerful, very quiet movie. But um, this movie, it just, I remember, I watched it again last night. It was the first time my wife had seen it. And uh, I, just, I just loved the way that it felt. Uh, I don't know that much about Jeff Nichols, but I know that this movie is very personal to him. He grew up in Arkansas. It's set in Arkansas on the, on the Mississippi river. It's um, actually shot in that part of Arkansas as well. And I'm, I'm, I guess I'm really just a sucker for coming of age stories. My wife uh, watched the movie. She liked the movie and she said, this is a very Drew movie. And um, I like, uh, you know, it it can have a touch of uh, a fantasy or something like ET or iron giant, but it's what I like about it is that it's it's a coming of age story about a young boy who's becoming a man and he's interested in the things that men are interested in as opposed to boys, whether it's it's women or or or, or uh, other adult things. Except it, it it kind of plays with it. Like he's very confident. He's not a guy that doesn't know what he wants to to do with himself or is afraid of things. But he's not cocky. Um, he's very low key actually. And I like the way that the, um, the movie introduces him to Mud, who is maybe someone he wants to be like. Uh, he seems so exotic, and he believes in love and all these other things, and then makes him see that maybe that's, that's not such a good idea. And so um, 
I just felt like it was a, you know, it's a Mark Twain type of story. It's a very American story. And uh, it has a wonderful deep bench of a cast. And uh, I wanted to share with you guys because it's right in the middle of the Matthew McConaughey's reconnaissance um, yeah, when he became sort of respected again. And it's, it's, I, I would describe it, it's not underrated, um, but it's definitely underseen. And so uh, I'm, I'm glad that I could share with you guys today. Yeah, I mean, the coming of age, it, it's funny, you're talking about the kid when Matthew McConaughey was the whole, you know, pitch behind this movie or the whole reason to see this. Uh, including the director. I, I didn't see Take Shelter. Um, I saw the Midnight Special. Is that what it was called? Midnight Special? With the kids running from yeah. the couple. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. with Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon, like you said, is in all his movies. I thought he was fantastic in this. He was kind of the um, comic relief, although he wasn't funny, but he was the one light person in the movie. Oh, Michael know? Shannon? Yeah, with the whole thing with his, the way he was teaching the kids how to date women. He, he gave them self-help books. The whole theory behind, you know, help me Rhonda, why he why he plays help me Rhonda when he's right. it's great stuff. Um, and his relationship with the with um, Neckbone was that his friend. Uh, yeah. Let's also say we're probably going to spoil this. It came out in 2012, right? It's been around a while. Um, well, if you I, haven't seen it. You can stop listening now, and, and you should see it. And yeah, you, you should see it. Out. But it's been around we'll, a while, so we're kind of we get a second view. So that's always good too. Going to spoil it in a little. I thought the two boys were great. They, and Ty Sheridan was a young, one of the young. I don't know the kid's name who played Neckbone. He's been in anything else. I don't think he's had a big career or anything, but Ty Sheridan has gone on to some yeah, very big Ty's movies. gone to, yeah. Ready to Player One. Ready yeah. But I thought the kid playing Neckbone was great. And their relationship, and, and it seemed real. It was kind of like um, Stand By Me, that kind of, you know, yeah, the kids weren't precocious exactly little kids. They were, they were grounded a little bit. Now, yes. Ty Sheridan's character, what was his name? Ellis. 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 His whole thing about trying to find love when all this loveless, his parents are getting divorced. He's constantly questioning love. He's trying to be an adult about love, and that's why he tries to hook up with that 17-year-old high school girl, which doesn't, doesn't go well. His whole infatuation with Mudd's relationship with Reese Witherspoon's character. Yeah, one lost love, right? But remember, we're rooting for a guy who murdered somebody, too. I mean, Mud, <laughs> he's on that island because he's hiding, right? Right. And, and only Matthew McConaughey. I mean, Matthew McConaughey was doing, this is, you're right, it was right smack in the middle of his McConaughey. So he had true, uh, true Detective he was in the middle of. He's Magic Mike. This is all around the same time. Killer Joe. Yeah, lots of great stuff. Yeah, all that. Uh, Dallas Buyers Club, which he won the Oscar. Then The Wolf of Wall Street. All this stuff happened while he was... <laughs> So it's Matthew McConaughey being the Lincoln guy that he's selling the Lincolns now, which, you know, it's just Lincoln. almost almost a caricature of Matthew McConaughey. Um, but I, I, I like the coming of age. I thought it was fascinating. Sam Shepard, great character in there as well, playing, I think, his father. Well, I think it, no. no. That's, that's something we can talk about. I, yeah. You know, Mudd is a very unreliable narrator. Right. So as he's, you know, like I remember the first time I saw the movie, I was thinking – the movie is really it. Matthew McConaughey's on the poster; he's the big name, but it's really Ellis's story. Right. So I remember feeling like I was in Ellis's shoes and saying, "Well, is there even a juniper? How much of this is real?" You know, it has a, that "Stand by Me" start, like you said, except instead of a body, it's a boat in a tree, and there's this mysterious person. And I remember the first time they meet him on the beach as he starts to tell them who he is. The camera follows him and the boys he makes mud makes them follow him along the beach like he draws them in and he well, knows if you remember that very first scene we meet him so they're at that boat mm-hmm. at the shore right and they go somebody's here somebody lives on this island and they walk away and then they turn around and he's standing right by their boat fishing like right. he came out of nowhere right well, and that immediately stopped the, the footprint stopped remember the footprint stopped yeah so, but he was a real person, obviously, because things happened, at, you know, in the movie that kind of show that. But anyway, go ahead. Keep going. Well, no, I just, I, you know, the whole, the whole idea of you can't really trust what people tell you, that's a big part of growing up. And that, you know, it's not necessarily even that people are lying, but why do people, why do people say things that they don't seem to mean? Why do people change? Why does a girl, uh, you know, accept a bracelet and give you a kiss and smile at you and then act like you're nothing the next day, like all these different things. 
And uh, it really, I don't know, it just, it really put me in, in Ellis's head. The whole movie was really from his perspective. And uh, I just thought it was, it was just very powerful that way because you find yourself learning what's true, what's not true. And his major disappointments, that's Jeff Nichols movies for me there. I must be on his emotional wavelength or something because I, I, I feel like I'm feeling what I'm supposed to feel when I'm watching this movie and I'm watching the way the story is told. And so his, his heart gets broken a number of times, both by his own experience, by the reality of Juniper, by Mud's behavior, and, uh, and he keeps going. And that's part of growing up. Yeah, Juniper is the girlfriend, Reese Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon, right? A long-legged yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, blonde with the... Four-foot-two uh, Reese Witherspoon. Right. Tattoos on her. The tiny shorts make the legs long, I think. Well, you see the pump she had on? That's true. Yeah. Well, it's also, it's like their vision of her too, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's talking to the high school girlfriend, him, him and Neckbone, and they turn and they see Reese Witherspoon walking into the Piggly Wiggly, I think, is the grocery store she's yeah. on. That's and it. it's kind of their view of her, John. So they see her tall and long-legged. No, he described her that way. He right. just, Matthew McConaughey described her that way. Right. So when so they saw her. They're seeing the same vision. Right, and, but and, I mean, I'm just saying, would you ever describe Reese Witherspoon as long-legged? Well, I, I in a billion I years, I guess. No, uh, Sean, did you you guys watch this? I assume you're still quiet. What, what movie are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, well, first, a little background. Something about this director always kind of leaves me a little uneasy. I started to watch Take Shelter, but I was like, I don't know. It was late at night, and it was sort of like. I don't know if I like where this movie is going, you know? And when this movie came out, you know, it was a small film and had a lot of big stars in. I thought for sure, you know, um, it was going to go much darker than it did. That's why I didn't see it in the theater, you know? So, I mean, I liked, um, I liked Midnight Special. I did, I did actually watch that one all the way through as well. So um, what do you, first, Debbie, what are you thinking? Well, uh, first off, Drew, thank you for recommending this film because it w- I would have never watched this. Great, thank you for saying that. Assigned. But th- this movie is so well written and so quiet. It's a really thinking person's film. You just feel like you're from the region after a while. And I just loved it. I love the story. I love the, you know, the adventure, the oddest sort of like, it was like the Odyssey and mm-hmm. um, you know, the very end of it went, and it was so unpredictable. I didn't think that he was going to make it, you know, right. especially when Ellis, all of the characters, when Ellis fell in the snake pit, that was troubling, you know, and then for him to survive and have such a heroism by um, McConaughey. Hey, and then at the end, when he cut, it just reminded me. The last scene was the. Uh, it reminded me of the African, African, African queen. queen, and you know he, they come into the open. You know it was so narrow in that mud. You know in the mud, and it yeah. just was so affirming for you know to do get something, get out of the mud. You know, because he did. His life was you know pretty much. You know, those people live there. You know, they didn't ask to be born on the river in, in the Mississippi and no opportunity. Poor, you know, the, the parents were poor. He had a nice room with a nice cool lamp in there. But <laughs> other than that, it was, you know, they were poor and living as catch can they can, you know, what they were dealt with in life. And it just shows that um, Matthew, you know, he got out into free open water. And it was hopeful. It was like really sweet. I loved it. I love this movie so much. I think, no, that, I think that's great. I think that, that your insight about the way that it ends, I remember early in the movie when he's talking with the boys, they keep looking up and seeing these birds flying. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like you just feel those, those birds can go wherever they want. And yeah. we can't. Or if we're young, I don't know if we can and they, they, there's so much of this movie that just pulls you along. And the way that it ends, as you said, opening up like that, especially because, you know, I, I mean, I remember thinking, it, are these people going to die? Is this snake bite going to kill them? 
is Matthew McConaughey dead? And it, it could have been a lot darker, like I think Sean feared. I really feared it was going to be very dark. I, I think that's a reasonable, a reasonable guess. And, um, you know, that it, and it's set in this nature that does have real dangers, and real dangers can kill you. So, John? I guess I didn't think about this as deeply as you all thought about this. Uh, you know, I, I I liked it, but it was it was it was very strange to me. It did remind me of uh, Stand by Me. I thought the kid Ellis played it really well. I hated his line delivery because it was like this the whole time. He, you know, it was all like this, like Forrest Gump almost. The only time was when he uh, got mad at the girl in the car and he raised his voice. But every other he time... Yelled he yelled at McConaughey. He yelled at Mud at the end as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that scene too. Okay. Uh, I thought the snake bite was foreshadowed throughout the whole movie. You knew that was coming a mile away. Sure. But for me, the thing that I wasn't sure about was, um, was Matthew McConaughey, even though he killed this guy, was he a good guy? Or was he the bad guy that everyone was telling the kids to beware? And then when the – my favorite scene in the movie was when the kid got bit by the snake and the way McConaughey dealt with that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't thinking about anything else but saving this kid uh, at his own peril. Uh, so that told me right there that Matthew McConaughey wasn't as bad a guy as everybody was saying. And also the scene with Reese Witherspoon when she didn't show up and then was in the bar. I liked that. But it was a strange movie. Like I asked Rosie, uh, she liked it. And I said, well, what would you like about it? She goes, well, um, I really like Matthew McConaughey. Because <laughs> he takes his shirt off, and she says he looks just like you. And then, um, no, she didn't. Did she really? No, she, she did. didn't. Believe she me, has better teeth than mud. Don't. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and she, he loved. She loved the kid, and I liked the kid's relationship because uh, even though I wasn't crazy about his line readings, it it, it seemed like this was a real friendship of that age, mm-hmm. right? I was creeped out about him with the high school girl that she responded, that kind of creeped me out a little bit because he was only 14. And the other thing was he walks into a bar and he's sitting there, you know, for 10 minutes before somebody kicks the 14 year old kid out. So it was almost like he was Arkansas. doing stuff that a 17. Oh, yeah, they're in Ar- Arkansas, right? Not a four, right. Well, th- that's my other thing that I, I did like about it. At first I thought it was, it was Louisiana. I had no idea it was Arkansas. Okay. And then when I did a little research, I was like, okay, Arkansas, this was something I had never seen before. And the research I did, they used a ton of people from uh, Arkansas as extras and actually some, some parts too. And, and like Joe Don Baker, I, I really like, and he was just, yeah. he did three scenes and did almost nothing. Yeah. Um, I couldn't was, believe it when Joe Don came into this movie. Well, he looked so old, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, he looked rough. I'm like, this is the coolest movie. Yeah. Joe, who would have thought to cast Joe Don Baker in that? So I thought he'd do more. Frankly, I thought Reese Witherspoon would do more. Um, but it's, I liked it. I wasn't crazy about it. It's not a movie I, I don't think I would ever watch again. Uh, I think it was different. It wasn't what I expected. And even though they kind of telegraphed it, I liked the ending. And uh, I didn't look at it the way Debbie looked at it, but it makes all the sense in the world. He's out of the mud. This is his way out. Everybody thinks he's dead. And and Sam Shepard, who I'm a big fan of, especially from the right stuff, to see him, uh, I don't know, uh, he died, uh, what, a few years ago? Yeah, not long ago. Yeah, it's kind of sad to see him knowing that, um, you know, we're not going to see him anymore because he was, I thought he was really good in it too. So uh, I appreciate it too because it was a movie I, I never would have saw unless you, you know, recommended it. So, but I, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah, I. it's funny. Until Debbie brought up the snake thing again. It brought me back to what I was feeling as I'm watching the movie, which is everything is foreshadowed and obvious, okay? Every time Mud looks up at the birds, you know he's looking up at the birds because they're free. I knew one of the kids was going to get bit by a snake. I actually thought Neckbone was probably going to die in this movie. Yeah, he was going to fall it, and he was going to, because uh, at one point, Mud throws him a rope saying, put this around your bed, the snakes right. won't cra- crawl over a berated rope. So I knew somebody was going to bit by a snake. I knew that he was going to get away. Um, just, and, and also the whole treasure hunter idea where Michael Shannon's talking about finding treasures in the river. You just have to know where to look and you find these treasures. Well, they found mud in the, in, on the river. So that's mm-hmm. their treasure. The kids found a treasure. And he found them. And he found them. Oh, so, yeah. so I was, it, it's like painfully obvious these things they're trying to show, except it's Matthew McConaughey 
who pulls this stuff off, off in his sleep. I mean, the guy can play this guy. Uh, you know, he's been around since days and confused. He's probably never had to buy a meal or a drink anywhere he goes from that movie. And then he's had this reconnaissance and now he can do anything. So he gets away with a lot of stuff like that whole. Okay. So from that moment that he proves it by taking the kid on the motorcycle and that seems pretty cool, especially when he's jumping on the boat and he jumps off the yeah. boat with the, you know, that whole scene. But it also led to this quick rapid succession of all the stuff coming together, including the big shootout on the, yeah. at the houseboat. Right where it's like nine, 10 people are dead and shot in that thing. And yeah, it's, it's quite just, violent. Yeah, it's, it's, it's brutal. And Sam Shepard does a great job in that one. But it's just like it, all this stuff happened. That third act is just bing, 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 bing to get to the end. And that's why I was wondering if it's his dad because he comes down, Sam Shepard comes down the boat and says, son, wake up. You got to take a look at what's but going on. But the dialogue, uh, he said he's the closest signal father I ever had. I, I understand when he said son. I know he could just be saying son like just hey right. son. Get up. Well, I'm sure I'm sure he thought of him as his son. Yeah, that's right. the thing. I think what yeah. the movie is saying is it, it doesn't really matter. Right. Biological. And family is 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 how right. you behave. And right. Sam Shepard basically called him on his bullshit, yelling at him on the beach, which is something maybe a father should do if Mud is your son. And then he killed for him to protect him. Right. Even though you could make the case that Mud got himself into that situation. But I mean, Mud tells Ellis in that in the bedroom he sneaks in, which is a very weird inversion. Usually, it's it's uh, like the kids are the same age and the boys sneak <laughs> or something. But he sneaks into the room and 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 he basically tells him, "I'm not a good guy." Yeah. But in a, in a lot of ways, he, he's good enough. That like you said, that snake bite scene, he just goes. And like he doesn't even really think of anything, and then he realizes he's in the clinic, and everybody's looking at him. That's a great like, oh, point. Oh, but he still took the time to go right. wave at Juniper. Yeah, but you, did, did you actually time. not? Did you guys not expect him to do that if that happened? I, just the way oh, it was done. Okay. I mean, you knew there was going to be something. You just knew that was going to happen. That he was going to turn out to be a good guy, however it was, even though he shot that guy's son. The whole scene. Joe Don Baker was pretty sad in this movie because both the, all his sons were killed. Yep. in that scene and the other scene with the, the that joe don baker's son where he's first with reese witherspoon beating her up in the hotel room and yep. he turns and he smacks this 14 year old kid in the face and nothing i mean that's just okay no big deal the kid's got a black eye from a 45 year old guy that's okay i mean is arkansas that you know relaxed <laughs> i don't get it but well, still played well reese witherspoon those were real bruises she had did you read that on imdb uh, she was in an accident she came wow. that, you know, that's pretty cool not cool that she got hurt but just cool that they used it method and her legs did look super long i didn't know she was four foot three or whatever She's like said. nothing she had, she had shoes on this high i was also told that her wig was excellent and very authentic to the character that um, was a wig oh i didn't even know that was a wig because we don't know that stuff. So I was told by... And her pumps definitely work, too. Those were good. Those were working in the Piggly like Wiggly. You like those, Ralph? I did. Um, well, yeah, so I, I mean, I guess I... <sighs> Wait, Sean, what are you going to say? Well, yeah. I was just going to say um, I agree with Ralph. I don't like to do that much, but... Um, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, shoot, hang on. we got to go the other angle. Oh, God, all this work on these angles. All right, look at that. Well, the bell cam. I, I, in a sense, um, I think everything, a lot was telegraphed. I thought things went, went too slow, and then they went too fast. Well, they had to catch but, up at the end. But, you know, I mean, on one hand, I like to pace, but then it's sort of like, oh, yeah, we got to end this. But, I, you know, I really did like this movie. I found the relationship between the kids very authentic. Yeah. You know, I that's a certain kind of relationship I was in with some of my friends and varying degree of willing to do something, you know, willing to break the law. Well, and they weren't, little, they weren't smart-ass kids like um, like uh, Stranger Things or It. Right. It's an It, right? They're yeah. just a little too smarmy, a little too adult. These guys were like, they seemed completely natural in their element mm -hmm. and their age, right? Yeah. They weren't above the They were simple children. Yeah. yeah, and they were hardened too from their lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, compared to like all the high school kids that they kept showing, yep. you know, the, the groups of kids. Yeah, so they had a little edge to them, but they had a good bond between. I thought, oh, and they were they were stealing. I don't think he had, this was his first movie, I think. 
is what I read. He was Ty really Sheridan. good, I thought. Ty Sheridan? Yeah. yeah. No, no, the other guy. The guy who played Hong Kong. Kong. Yeah. I thought oh, he was really right. good. No, he was very good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, it's, it's funny because, I mean, this movie, you know, I went back and I looked at some reviews, and, and a lot of reviews, they name-check Terrence Malick, and they talk about how it's Malickian cinematography, blah, blah, blah. And I, I think Terrence Malick movies, for the most part, except for one of them, they are totally gorgeous, and they are, to me, totally inert. Like, they are just a slog for me. And the way that this beautiful golden photography and the, and the shots of the, the nature, it, it just absorbed me. Like I, I said to myself when I recommended this movie, I said, it's not a kind of movie where I'm going to say you get it or you don't get it or, or something like that. It's going to be, did it draw you in? Did it absorb you? Because it, it, it felt so real and it felt so authentic. And that's to the performances. The screenplay is amazing. Uh, it's the directorial choices, the subtle things like the way that people are pulled apart and together. I mentioned on the beach, uh, the camera, uh, the, you are, the camera is the boys and you, and you follow him along the beach. That scene you mentioned where they get dragged out of the bar. I love how they get dragged out of focus. The camera stays locked on where they were and they get torn out of that and then turned into fuzz and thrown out because they don't belong there. And, you know, one of the other things that I really, I liked about it, you know, it is predictable. You know where the story's going to go. That's, to me, part of what makes it a great sort of American Mark Twain type of coming-of-age story. But it also does things that – it sets up things that I think are going to happen that then don't happen. Like, you kind of think, wow, his father's going to be this abusive, maybe drunken, awful person. He's not. Ray McKinnon is a wonderful performance. You think the movie's going to be about his family falling apart and everything is awful. And it's hard, but the way that they're together when he was in bed recovering from the snake bite, the way the movie ends, his parents have split up, they've lost that boat home, but life is going to go on. You know, I can relate to that. My parents divorced and life went on. And that last part where Ellis, you know, sort of smiles at the girl across the parking lot. The three girls. The three girls. Well, well, the that's what you're and they were all older than him, too. Well, well that's the man in Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, he knows, knows what the cinematography likes. He likes. I, it's, it's such it's such a it's such a hopeful movie in the end, and I I really I really I don't I don't know that every character based on what they did deserves that. Right. I mean, Mud is still a murderer. He's a liar. He did use a pair of fourteen year old boys to but, hide out. What and, did he lie about? What did Mud he, lie about? He he lied about um, the true love. And all these things like Juniper's waiting for me, all this kind of stuff. He knew. I, I believe Sam Shepard when Sam Shepard said she's constantly going back and forth with him. He's loved her since he was basically Ellis's age. Oh, he's right, though. Mud did love her. Yeah. No, Mud loved her, but Juniper wasn't waiting for him and they were going to go off together because he knew it was going to happen again. He just didn't want to admit it. He didn't want to. Well, part it. of it is his relationship wasn't the perfect thing he talked about. Obviously, yeah, there's a lot thing. of history there that was not talked about. Yeah. And that's why they wave at the end. Reese and him wave. Juniper and him just kind of wave and say, okay, see you later. Yeah. You talked about the cinematography. Yes, Arkansas was beautiful, yep. the way he shot it. Then you show the strip malls, which has a whole different feel. And then you talk about that last scene. He ends up in the new apartment. He goes, me, he said to Neckbone, come to my new apartment, set up my room. And right. he sees those three girls, and the smile on his face is like, okay, this is paradise too. This is good as well. Whole yeah. different feel. Yeah, he grew up a little bit. He knows all right, what's next. All right, all right, all right. And uh, he'll, he'll become mud and be the cool dude in the apartment yeah. building. You're going to get one of those shirts. Yeah, the high school girls will stay the same age. You know how it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think, I think as the writer, the director only made one mistake. It's sort of like I thought it was – I think he only dropped the ball once. And that was like – you know, I mean, if you've seen enough movies, everything's predictable. You know, because you, you, once you've seen enough. But it's when he said, you've never done anything for anybody. And then literally one minute later, he's in the snake pit. You know what I mean? That's my, that's, well, that's the contrivance. That was unnecessary. That line was unnecessary. The audience already got that. To me, that was sort of like a line. If I were the editor of the film, I would have said, you don't, let's, you don't need this, you know? You're like, you're beating them over the head. This is all, this the whole film leads up to that, you know? Well, I, I didn't, revelation about it. You know, it's like Chekhov's gun, right? That idea that if yeah. you show something, you have to use it in the... Right. In the we showed the snakes. 
That's what I'm saying. That first time we see the snakes, that's Wait, when I, they kept showing that pit over and over again. But the very first I mean, time they hung on it and hung on, it, I said, okay, right. someone's going to get bit. And then well, it was just, it was enough for McConaughey to talk about snakes being on the island and how he got bit once. I don't need to see that pit of snakes to know. Well, that's, that that's not what bothered me. It what bothered me was the kid just outright stating stating what he falls off the log. You don't do anything for anybody. If he'd have said that twenty minutes earlier. But to me, it's sort of like it happened. He says it, and literally one minute later, McConaughey's helping him, you know, giving back. And that I triggers the whole third act anyway. That triggers yeah. the whole everything. I did, you know, I, I also feel like that violence was sort of like the reward to the audience for sticking with a character film for so long. You know, this, you know. Well, it definitely, it definitely surprised me uh, yeah. the way that went down. I was not expecting that. I thought they were going to get him some other way, but when they went after that house and started just pumping shots into it, I was shocked by that. But again, the way McConaughey played it in that instance and with the snake bite, his first instinct was to protect the kid without even thinking about it. Because when he was in the clinic, once they took the kid away, the look on his face was, what did I just do? Right. Right? It was, uh, yeah, I saved the kid, but look what I just the position I just put myself in. And when he crept into the room, his first instinct was put the kid under the bed to protect him. Yeah, but he's the reason the kid was in peril. Because he came back that, to the house to go, he went back to the house to go in the window and talk to the kid. But it to say goodbye. That. Right. But that's he put the kid in peril. He had he had well, uh, he had Rangers or whoever those guys were, mercenaries. Were mercenaries. I'm not saying that. What what I'm saying is I understand They're what you're saying. That he, for him to be a bad guy, right? right? That's Very good. He was saying. You don't know this guy. And he did it almost on instinct. Like the way he jumped on that boat with the kid in his arms. Right. No, I, I just love that scene and the That's way he the whole played point. He's the hero. But Debbie, what are you saying? Okay. I love this movie, but there was one scene that I just did not think it belonged. And it was those mercenaries. They're all in the hotel room. Oh, and they get down and... He says, uh, bow your heads. No. no. I could definitely Come see on, that. Come on, no. I could definitely no. see that. Why? Why? Why is that? Because they're praying before they go out and kill people? Yeah. Yeah. It's an imprecatory prayer. Isn't vengeance in the what? Bible? Yeah. What did you say? What did David say? Please slay my enemies. You know. I, the Bible me, the, the scene prayer. that got me, the scene that, I, that, that hit me the most was Joe Don Baker getting that call at the end. And yeah. when he hears, he's dead. you don't hear it, but you know that he's hearing that your other son is dead now, too. And he puts that phone down. Yeah. I mean, that that's the one. That, now, he's, you know, he set the whole thing up. It's right. what are you going to do? But I just feel like, you, you know, this, this whole thing was heading towards McConaughey being the hero. That's what's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. But if you break it down, those, none of that would have happened without him killing the guy in the first place. Right. And those kids never would have been in peril. I mean, so yeah, he of course he's very protective. That's he's going to be the hero at yeah, the end. Yeah, but of the you, but you, you knew he was going to get you're away. You're missing my point. The, the no, way I'm not. the I way they kept describing him, he, right. you know, you don't know who he is, blah blah blah. So you weren't a hundred percent sure because even though you knew the snake bite was coming, how is he going to react to it? And the way he reacted was maybe for him out of character. But that's the relationship he had with that kid. I, I love that he made the deal with the kid that he'd give him the gun when the boat was right, gone. Without the he bullets. didn't give him the bullets. I mean, never said nothing about bullets. And the boat was representing escape. I mean, you know, it's pretty on the nose. Well, I actually, Another I thing, think, too, I loved about the movie is the lucky shirt. He yeah. said, you can have my lucky shirt. He goes, I don't want your lucky shirt. He put it on when he took him on the boat. Ellis doesn't need luck. He, he, I want to know, in that scene, he's running in the woods. He rips the shirt off the tree, and somehow it's buttoned. Two seconds later. <laughs> yeah. it's, a uh, it's a new shirt. Maybe he pulled it over his head and it was over. I'm just saying. See, I, 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 I did that. Maybe like it is a fantasy. I, I like that Joe Don Baker scene with the, where, for, it's just so, it's so weird. I mean, it's like hitmen, hitmen watching cartoons or something. Right. The reason I like that scene is because that, that Joe Don Baker scene, which is weird with the hitmen watching the cartoons and, and then being told, you know, turn it off and stand up and all that kind of stuff. That's one of the few scenes that uh, is not uh, anything that Ellis would see. Like he saw them outside of the hotel, but I think that that scene is important for the audience because, again, you don't really know what, what, he, what Mudd is telling you that's true or not. I mean, if he murdered a guy, but he murdered the guy because the, the guy beat up 
the love of his life and all that kind of what stuff. He says. That's, that's what, what I'm he saying. Says. But what you see in that scene is that these people are in real danger. Yeah, but and I have mixed feelings are about genuinely that. genuinely going to try and kill him. There's a scene on the houseboat where the, the son who hit Ellis in the hotel room. Yeah. They're all at that thing, and they've got neck bone. They've got neck bone, and they're starting right. to shoot everybody. And at one point, he says to this guy, let him go. Let the kid go. Right. So it's like those guys are not bad guys either. They're just avenging their brother. Right. right? They, have whole, they have a code. Yeah. And he wasn't going to hurt the kid. That I know he punched Ellis. but house filled with three innocent people. While they were going after mud, I know, I know, I know. It's a complex film, I guess, more complex than I thought. <laughs> you know what movie this? You know what movie this reminded me of in terms of the just the, Die Hard, the vibe, a little bit, but um, Die Hard too, really, because of the book. <laughs> it's a Christmas uh, movie. Did you guys ever see um, uh, Blue Ruin? Yes, it, Blue that's, Ruin. That's a movie oh about God. a guy oh. who um, gets out of prison and wants to get revenge on the man who put him in prison, destroyed his life, destroyed his family. Except the guy, it's a wonderful performance. The guy who film. wants to get revenge is a schlub. Yeah. He's, who's he's the, who's the lead in it? Uh, I, I don't know his name. He was also in the green room. Right, he's in green room. Same director. He's in, um, he's in the hunt. I'm totally blanking on his name. I'm sorry, but yeah. that, that sort of, it just, it just felt like real people. It's really good. Real danger. And I think what, I think what you were saying earlier, John, I agree with you, is that, is that good or bad, when it, it's needed, Mud didn't think for himself right. of himself first. Like he, if that if that story he told about how he was bitten before, and he can't be bitten again. If that's true that that happened, and if it's true he can't be bitten again, that didn't keep him from jumping into the snake pit, throwing them off the kid. Like it, 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 his inclination is to be a decent person. Right. Well, the whole reason he's on the island is he killed someone that was hurting his girlfriend. Right. I mean, right. that that's started with him. Before, yeah. Yes, I heard I mean, him essentially doing the right thing, right. albeit. How did he get on the island? Or how did he get the bread? That's true. He, may have had a, he may have had a different boat. I like a little background, you know what I mean? Just a little. No, we don't like backstories. I no. liked it when he was standing over the snake pit and said, snakes, why does it have to be <laughs> <laughs> They might as well have done that. Check <laughs> off snake. <laughs> so yeah so overall good um anything else before we rate this and bring al on it was uh, debbie i like your description it was a very quiet movie up until the last 10 minutes it was a very quiet movie so if you're looking for a movie that's going to boil wow. you over this is yeah. isn't like that you know but i will say even though i wasn't crazy about it i have to say that it kept my interest i i wanted to see how it was going to end so I, I guess, you know, and my wife loved it. So. Well, I, I would just say, you know, this movie is about you know, stories that people tell. And uh, in some ways, the, the biggest lies are the ones that Mud tells himself about what his life is and who he is. I mean, he, I, I, I can understand it. I'm sure he feels quite noble. You know, the reason that he did that, that he killed that man, but you know, he, he's living, he's putting off this true love is real thing that this little kid, not that little, but that this kid really believes. I mean, Ellis believes in love, you know, like Wonder Woman or something. He believes in love. And Mud is this guy who's living that life. But Mud is, Mud is, I think, I think you could call him a big liar without that being the reason that he's a bad person. Because I don't think that he is a bad person. It's but funny, Ellis I took had yeah. an experience with, that, with a, a real human being that's not only this or only that. And again, that's just all part of growing up. I took this as love is the problem. Love is the yeah. lie. But Ralph, I mean, you're really, you're really going by, I mean, you're well, I'm just saying that, deep could, inside that, could be, that could be why it hit me a certain way. Because with every, that. every relationship he had, his father's telling him, love didn't work with me and your mother. We don't know where it died. It just died. The girlfriend who, the 17 year old girl who he thinks is, she's in love with him and she's reciprocating, kisses him. He, she takes a bracelet and then spurns him like that. Love is no good. Um, the love live that Mud's telling about this beautiful woman. I mean, it's all, love is all kind of, it's, it's a story people tell that isn't real, except present company excluded, of course. But I don't, um, first of all, I think that's a horrible interpretation. 
interpretation. That's of it. Um, it, maybe it's and my obviously obviously what I took coming, out of it. You are coming as, from a very very dark place about love. Maybe perhaps, but that's where I was coming from when I saw this film. Love is I also, beautiful. I also knew the kid was going to get bit by a snake. I just knew it. I well, just didn't know the kid. he Ralph, loved the snake. Our hearts. What was that, Deb? What? Ralph, you're breaking our hearts. No, the problem is I like love. I do. I no, just, no, no. I don't think it's real. Ralph, is it love that you love? I'm not sure about that. I am, I'm a romantic at heart. It just never works out. Love no, is a rose, but you better not pick it. Anyway, doesn't matter. My, my wife's name is Rose. Be careful. What they are. I think movies are what they are, but I, I think it's legitimate to bring what you personally bring to them. Well, that's what you do when you watch a film. You bring whatever you're feeling. Yeah. No matter how sad that is. I could be feeling differently a week from now and have a whole different no take on it. how sad talking about love as not being real. How sad that is. Huh. It's tough. It's tough. It's better to love and loss than never to have loved at all. Well, at least we'll have, we'll have Al cheering us up soon. So, oh yeah, that's let's, that'll let's bring the room right first. down. All right, yeah, let's end Sean, on. What's your note. rating, Al? Sean, what did you rate this? Yippee ki yay! Yippee ki yay! Two yippee ki yays, John. Uh, I'm gonna say that it's uh, like a yippee ki may between yippee ki men yippee ki yay. All right, all right, all right. I say yippee ki yay. I like it. Now again, I had some. It was predictable. I love. By the way, Michael Shannon in this film, fantastic. I like great. to see I like to see him do a little light once in a while. Like, have you seen um, Knives Out? Yes. Yeah. He did a great job in that. I love one. that movie. A little comedy. I, I think, don't think. I mean, he wasn't. I mean, you say he was fantastic. He was fantastic. I thought he was a great. I loved. He was his okay. Movie. It's like I, I saw it. I saw a heading for this that said Reese Witherspoon was magnificent. Really? She was magnificent in this movie. I Again, thought the kids were better than the adults. I'm saying how I I I appreciated Michael Shannon in the film. So I liked that there were there were some characters that didn't have a lot of scenes, but I think they did a lot with them. Yes, and and Michael Shannon, like his father. Really yeah, Raymond Ellis's is father. An incredible actor. I I mean I. Yeah. It's funny because so many actors are my favorite actors, and I watched the movie and I was like, oh, I want more. I want more Sarah Paulson. I want yeah I want more Michael Shannon, all that kind of stuff, and that's that's good. I mean, you know, if you leave him wanting more, that that's another execution that I think is that I think is good. I can't. Then, Michael wait. Shannon was in this movie five minutes more. I think one of the kids would have died. <laughs> I can't wait to put on "Help Me, Rhonda." <laughs> it's a more it's a more upbeat coming of age in the South story than Sling Blade, say. But yeah. I think it's, uh, it's, in, it's in that kind of universe. And it I was definitely a slice story. of life you don't normally see. I mean, yeah. this movie was compared a little bit on one review I I watched uh, to Killing Mockingbird. Same idea, right? Where you get someone yeah. in the town that nobody really yeah, knows. Yeah, a little bit, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, I'm going to bring Al on. Uncle Al's movie pile. That's right. You see that? Thank you. Thank you for the professionalism. I'm doing the best I can. Okay, Al, welcome. What do you got for us today? Uh, today I will be talking about a 1988 film called Deadbeat at Dawn. Hmm. Right here. Now, I recently saw this for the first time on The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs on Shutter. Go check that out if you uh, have not been keeping up with that. But when I saw this, this movie just like absolutely blew me away. And I had to like go out and buy this movie. It's, uh, you know, if you watch a lot of trash cinema, you're always kind of, what's that? We haven't. That's why you're okay. here. Oh, right. Uh, well, if you're like me and you watch a lot of trash cinema, you're always looking for a diamond in a rough that will, you can like really connect with and it pushes your buttons in the right way. And this is a film that really did it for me. So. I was just like absolutely blown away by it. So uh, Deadbeat at Dawn, this is a gritty DIY 80s action film. You, uh, The main character is Goose, who is played by Jim Ban Bieber, I believe. He's the actor, writer, and director. I'm just saying writer, actor, director. It's usually a bad guy. Bad what could go wrong? What could go yeah. wrong? No, nothing in this film. Ask Kevin Costner. That went well, pretty good. So, uh, Go ahead. so Goose is the gang leader of the Ravens, and he is currently feuding with another gang called the Spiders, whose le- who's, their leader is Danny, played by Paul Harbour. There's a big uh, gang fight in a Dayton cemetery uh, where there's knife fights, karate, and all kinds of uh, 
good fighting and action. And once the fighting is done, uh, Goose's uh, girlfriend, Christy, convinces him to leave the gang. So after he's successfully left the Ravens, his cash flow has dwindled a bit, and he needs to make one final drug deal to put the past behind him. When unbeknownst to Goose, Danny orders his minions, Bone Crusher and Steve McQueen, to murder Goose's girlfriend, Christy. While Goose is out doing his drug deal, Christy is brutally murdered with uh, a set of golf clubs. And so, after this occurs, Goose embarks on a downward spiral where he goes to a trash compactor and then lives with his heroin-addicted father for a bit. So, on the verge of suicide, he's coerced to rejoining the Ravens and working alongside the Spiders to steal $100,000 from the government. And once that job is complete, Goose is ready for revenge. The film ends in an orgy of blood, nunchucks, and killer stunts. So what I love about this film, it is the ultimate indie film. Van Bieber quit film school and used the remainder of his school loans to fund the production that went on for five years. This is like a quintessential auteur movie almost because he's like persevered and had a singular vision to make this film this thing is raw and vicious it opens with an attempted sexual assault as any other grindhouse and exploitation movie does and there's just there's fighting there's stabbing there's drug deals it's just it's insane There you go. Something seriously wrong. That guy's that's, got a McConaughey uh, vibe a, going. That's a quiet <laughs> movie like Mud. <laughs> that guy's got a McConaughey vibe going. Looks good. <laughs> really, why do you watch these things? Seriously. All right, all right, all right. I don't know. I just oh. enjoy this. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like Probably because I saw Hellraiser when I was five. Oh, that, that I mean, was what, what do you want from me? What year did this one come out? 88. So I was five. I mean, the crunching sound in the truck was pretty cool when he put the body in there. And then that well, this is just a trash compactor. So he goes and dumps, his, after his girlfriend is murdered, he goes and dumps her body in a trash compactor for some reason. Wait a minute. He, did he murder his girlfriend? No, no. The gang, the, the rival gang killed her with the set so of he golf was spiders. Was it the spiders? The spiders, yes. Yeah, the spiders. Okay. Um, yeah. So the the other couple things that I love, this is like guerrilla filmmaking. So like when they set the mattress on fire, they went and took the mattress out to the middle of the road and set it on fire and traffic ran into it. And then it was not their you, traffic. That's just regular traffic. No, that's just regular traffic. Oh, like, like, the, and then you, if you do this with permits and stuff. So that's right. This is like Larry Cohen stuff. Right. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's a scene when he's fighting the guy with the nunchucks and the train is running by. You can see the conductor look out the window at them because he's like, what are these guys doing on my train tracks? So I absolutely recom- love that. Wait, but, but you're recommending the film. Absolutely. Everyone should see this. <laughs> this, is pure, this is pure filmmaking right here. As pure as it gets. It has great gore. It feels absolutely authentic. And you get to see the urban decay of downtown Dayton, Ohio. What more can you ask for, Ralph? I think I think I can't. I, I, I can ask for something. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe, <laughs> hit the notification button, and share and like. Like, leave a comment. No uh, one's leaving comments other than our brother, who is a jerk. So uh, someone yeah, else. Comment. His comment. comment was it was fine. It was fine. No, his comment was mean. Al, anything you're going to rate this, Al? What's your rate? Yeah, this is uh, five out of five nunchucks. This week. Have you? Have you? All your movies have been five out of five. I was going to say they've all rated pretty high. That's not true. Pretty pretty hard. Hard. I can four out of five. I thought it was five. Huh? Well, wow, I, I guess I guess you're only you're only picking your highest rated one. This is this, this is a perfect film. Who's got their speaker on? I can hear an echo. So, are you only picking the high rated ones, or are you going to give some bad ones? I. Do you want me to dive into the trash? I can dive uh, into the trash. I think I'd like to see where your head goes. Wait, there is worse than these? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Good stuff. Yeah. 
That's there's a movie. There's a movie called Red Roses of Passion, which is a nineteen early nineteen sixties black and white film, and it's just there's a three three rooms in the entire film, and it's just like ladies in negligees for an hour and a half. Huh. What's the name of that What's movie? That one. Red Roses of Passion. Check it out. Red Roses of Passion. Well, the the whole show tonight's been about love, so that might be one I want to. Yeah, but love sucks. <laughs> I didn't say that. I hate love. Love's I not said, real. I, I, wow, that's I pathetic. That? Yeah, yeah, that's what you that? said. No. That's what I you said, said it's a virus. It's a virus. It makes you feel good at first, and you start getting, oh, why do I feel sick? Something's wrong. So, Al, anything else? Nope, that's it. It's, uh, uh, it's, it should it's, be streaming uh, on Shudder if you want to watch it. Stream. That one's on Shudder? Yeah. I have a Shudder subscription. I should check that out. Uh, will you have a new open next week, Al? I think I may, yes. Is a week enough to give you to do that or what? Yeah, that's enough. I okay. just need to record some VO that's, and mix it a little bit. Okay. All right. Excellent. Another good show down the tubes. I mean, on the air. I mean, finished. Just like love. So, just like love. Just like next, love. Week, next, next, next show we'll I'm do. Gonna go, I'm going to go up and see my wife and tell her how much I love her. I think oh. you should. And, and there's the thing. Don't watch out for the snakes. What? I think we lost Sean and Debbie. Hey, 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 hey you We're guys close. should watch uh, Deadbeat Adon as a date movie. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I watched Existence as a date movie. In that movie. Oh, that's a good one. Just about buttholes. Hey, I just got uh, Videodrome. So, on so is Naked Lunch. Video Have you seen Naked Lunch? Uh, James oh, yeah. Woods? I'm a James Woods Woods Videodrome. Deborah Harry, James yeah. Woods. Videodrome is great. A, yep. He has a VCR in his stomach or something yeah. like that. In his in his VCR vagina stomach. Yeah. Oh God. Are oh. we off, Ralph? Or are we? Sean's off. Sean's well, I know, dead. but are we wrapping up? Yeah, we're done. Uh, uh, next go week, see Videodrome. What's that? Everyone, go see Videodrome. I think you should. Next week, we're Spitfire Grill. Spitfire Grill. Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Al. Even Uncle Al likes that movie. Wow. Really? Someone oh, gets yeah. killed in it, obviously. Someone get yeah, get their head cut off. Only in their hearts. Oh. <laughs> Oh, they got a like artery splash or something. Ralph is not going to like that movie. There's a what? lot of grilling. It's Maybe really the War of the Roses should be one of the movies. I like that movie. That movie's like a <laughs> that's bet, a documentary. I bet you do. <laughs> that's a documentary. <laughs> that movie. Oh, or Ralph, My Life in Times. <laughs> hey, hey, you know this writer might help me out. I might. She said I should uh, put my life down on. I should write it down. No one would ever believe it. That's, right. down that's, on paper. that's what makes it fascinating. Nah, that's not real. That could never happen to anybody. Now I want to read it. There you go. Oh. Who's interested? All Wait, right, Drew, should... Drew will be on a new set next week, maybe, or a new house, new set. I'll be in the new house, so it'll look different. I, I have to Good. I, I'm sick of that neutral background, Drew. Right. Now we'll have a new open. Very exciting. I might have a, two more camera angles I'm going to add. And Debbie and Sean will be unfrozen. Debbie and Sean? I don't know what happened. There you oh, are. Hey, They're back. You guys back. What happened? You're all frozen. Oh, you're frozen again. They're gone. So all next right. week we'll have two more angles. Let's see. We'll try a different uh, different angle here. We're really ending on a low note. Okay, so let's what do. All right. Uh, good job, everybody. 